The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. By Colin's superpowered calculations, and despite their navigation systems weaving a drunken zigzag across the galaxy, the Oz-9 has reached a dead zone in space. Many of the other Oz ships have either crashed, exploded, imploded, or otherwise managed to drop out of a gravityless sky, and the few that remain are nowhere near the Nine. Which is good for them, because Captain Madeline has decided, it's time to drop the bomb. So, Olivia opens the airlock, out goes Cal, and Colin hightails us out of the blast zone. Viola. Voila. That's a small ukulele. What? What you just said, it's a small ukulele. No, what you just said is a big violin. And ukuleles are already small. A big violin is a cello? That's a very big violin. A viola is a big violin. Or voila. Viola? Voila? Wait, damn it, now they all sound wrong. Being on this ship is punishment for something, isn't it? Ladies, I don't think this is a good idea. Uh, what's not? Sorry, forgot what we were talking about? The flipping of the bomb. I don't think we should risk it. Doctor, there's nothing out there. No planets, no stars, not even an asteroid hosting a scrappy bit of DNA that could turn into intelligent life in half a dozen millennia. It's perfect. But the system you have in place is working just fine. Why change a good thing? Working? Good thing? It's ridiculous. 778 screeching klaxon of a wrist alarm going off every 22 minutes, listening to them clanging off to Cal's room to type in the code. God, if I hear with me, with me one more time. No, we're ditching Cal today. And we need the repair bots back. Right now, it's either give them a chore that only takes 22 minutes to complete, or get interrupted, wait for them to reset Cal, then re-explain everything to Emily, who's battered up in deep-fried brain, forgot what they were doing in the meantime. What about the other head? It didn't get zapped. Yeah, that one keeps pretending not to remember, then sings, if I only had a name, until I thump it with a wrench. So give it a name. I tried, but nothing fits. We're testing out Howard at the moment. What do you think? Hmm. Makes me think of someone's uncle. I thought that too. In fact, I think I might have accidentally called him Uncle Howard once. Definitely the guy who mows the lawn in shorts, penny loafers, and black knee socks. And yet still manages to be your favorite uncle who teaches you about constellations. Right? Totally. He'd have this awesome telescope he'd put in the yard on clear nights. And he doesn't just know the names of the constellations, he knows the stories. Orion, Ursus, Cassiopeia, Aries, Andromeda. Andromeda is a galaxy, not a constellation. We should have ditched you three planets ago, since you're always talking out of your anus anyway. 
What do you expect from someone with two asses in their job title? When I get my pen back. Captains? And assassin? Oh, yes, I see. Two asses. <laughs> this is most amusing. I do not wish to be interfering in your insulting of one another and your reminiscences of an old uncle you just now made up. But uh, the Oz9 is parked in deep space, awaiting your orders. Stop worrying and lose the bomb. Bombs away. Bye-bye, bomby. What? I thought we were doing movie references. I think we are making a very big mistake. What if you need Cal's firepower someday? Then I'll regret it when the time comes, but I'll enjoy not dealing with it in the meantime. Very well. However, I believe you have forgotten a very important obstacle. I doubt it, as I seldom forget anything by accident. But, let's hear it. You forget things on purpose. Certainly. Don't you? Oh, never mind. I don't care. What obstacle? Transport. Carl is extremely heavy, and he is bolted to the floor with very many big bolts. Oh, Lead already removed those. And we did a test run with Greg the Zebra. He was able to move Cal a few inches. It'll take forever, but we'll get there eventually. If I may. Jesus! Ah, just like old times. Were you there all along? No, ma'am, Captain Jesse. Just uh, passing along outside and heard the conversation. I think I may have a solution. Solutions are good. I like solutions. Are we not taking suggestions from this eavesdropping janitor? I don't think he is the janitor. Wasn't that just your disguise? Exactly. And until his position aboard the 9 is established, I do not think we should be taking his advice. At this point, there's no advice I wouldn't listen to. What about Le Bichon Frise? Well, obviously not him. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Probably suggest spraying decongestant into its USB ports. <laughs> Wait, would that work? It may. Oh, mein Gott und Himmel. Nope, nope. Not taking the chance that we'd short circuit the grace period and blow the nine out of the sky. We flip at midnight. Or, you know, whenever we get it there. If I may. Cheese and crackers. Double header. Oh, right. You had advice. What was it? Ants. Where? How? As clean as you keep this ship? And it's not like there's anything edible on it. Not real ants. The good doctor's ants. They're robots or some sort of machine. If a standard ant can carry up to 50 times its own weight, I reckon a mechanized ant is like a tiny Hercules. Even so, you'd need an army of ants. How about rolling pins? There's at least a couple dozen of those in the crew kitchen. What would we do with rolling pins? Ordnance transport is not an approved use of kitchen implements. There is no flour aboard this ship. What exactly are we supposed to use them for? What would we do with rolling pins? Approved uses include pressing out dough evenly and smoothly, crushing nuts or peppercorns, and in an emergency, you may use them to tenderize meat. However, for meat, you must get prior written authorization from G2HQ. Oi! What would we do with rolling pins? Good lord, woman. Did you then learn about Stonehenge at school? Roll. Get them underneath and roll Cal right to the airlock. One more Jesus. Jesus. And hat trick. You can see me, right? Yes. You're just very forgettable, apparently. Right. Anyway, he has an army. Of ants? He is exaggerating. I have a handful. How many, you reckon? Thousands. 
Enough to lift Cal up and get him to the airlock. The vacuum of space will do the rest. What do you think, Mad Pants? I hate ants. They're not real ants. How many legs do they have? They have six. Ugh. Six is two to four too many. And how many bits? Bits? Ants have bits. A front bit, a middle bit, and a back bit. Like a tiny wee icky train. How many bits do your ants have? They are ants. They have ant bits. Ugh. Ant bits on my ship. I was unaware of your mechophobia. Don't be ridiculous. I'm not afraid of mermaids. You are right, Fräulein Albatross. This ship is clearly some sort of comic retribution. I must have been horrible. After considerable convincing, Captain Madeline finally agreed to use Dr. Von Habesetzer's mechanical ants to carry Cal to the airlock. I could carry it. You tried that and nearly ruptured your spleen. Did not. Then why are you back in the healer? When she used your superpowers. Oh, that's a fabulous idea. Perhaps I could sneeze and cover it in glitter. Or wave my hands like this and turn the morning music on. Go off. Go off! I have easily the stupidest set of superpowers since the Wonder Twins. Colin, get to the bridge and get ready to fly. Doc, why are they going that way? The airlock is this way. I am giving them the proper directions, Captain, but they are mischievous, you see. Get the bomb off the bridge, for crying out loud. Oh, such playful little dickens as they. This way, enough of the playing now. They're coming at me. They're coming at me. They like you, that is all. Doc, get these ants to do as they're told or I will whip their charging station. I mean it. Very well. After several tries, the ants finally got Cal to an airlock. From her perch atop Leet's shoulders, Madeline gave the order to open the door. Out Cal popped, and the ants began their march back to their charging station. Uh, hey, Captain Madeline, could you maybe get your heel out of my liver? They're everywhere! Are we ready? Fly! Fly, you beautiful bastard! Fly! As Cal exploded, emitting a shockwave that knocked only one medium-sized asteroid off its course, Greg shed a single tear for his former home. Then, safe-ish in his new name and body, he turned his hooves toward the bridge, shedding his old existence like bristles from Le Bichon Frise's mustache. Meanwhile, the gang at G2HQ were debating their next steps. So, what I'm hearing is, I'm stuck here? We're all stuck here. Glinda managed to escape. Escape? She walked out the front door. She's probably dead. And unless you want to be too, you're stuck here. Well, that's where you're wrong, Botany Boy. I have a backup mobile phone in my office, and in ten minutes I'll have my driver here, a highball in my hand, and watching some of my scrawnier, stupider fellas kick your butts out onto the street. Oh, now why would you do that? There's plenty of room and food for all of us to stay safe in here. I haven't even explored the top floors yet. You know what? You're absolutely right. There's plenty here that would just go to waste while you're busy starving and running from the vicious hordes who rule the streets, which makes it even more fun. If you'll excuse me. Are we going to stop him? There's no need. Jeepers, who are you? Oh, I'm Mrs. Sheffield. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm with the IT department. I thought you were the cleaning lady. <sighs> Promotion. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. That's, that's very kind. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry you missed my party. It was, it was banging. Promotion? Since, like, two days ago? Oh, poor fellow. The intricacies of corporate life can be terribly confusing to underlings. <laughs> now, whose computer needed a tidy up? Hmm? No idea. No one's been here in ages. Well, I will just start with this one, shall I? <laughs> Finally! You ladies on a tea and finger sandwiches break? This is Southers. Who wants the privilege of picking me up from G2HQ Look, and If Southers me kicks home? us out of here, we need a backup plan. The streets aren't safe, and chances are most of you won't make it home. I'll be fine, of course, but uh, Donna and Ben. Oh, I think you'll find Donna can take care of herself. Go put things on fires, will you? There's a good bulky fellow. He's right, though. Ben, is it? Yeah, those are tough streets for a botanist. Or should I say the husbands of a botanist? What? What? Uh, no! I, I'm totally a botanist! Huh, really? Then identify this. Ha! It's plastic. Ah, yes. But what is it supposed to be? The TARDIS! Huh. Trick question. Well spotted. There. Okay, that, that, that foliage there. What's, what's that? Um... Uh... Fern? <laughs> Just as I suspected. Yes, I do have a fine speaking voice, but pouring honey on a pile of excuses don't make them biscuits. Get me a bigger thug to talk to. Please don't tell Mr. Southers. He'll go after my family. Miyagi plays the dulcimer. How is that pertinent? Well, I don't know, but she's really good. Maggie's only six. And already dulcimer proficient. <sighs> Impressive. See? Pertinent. How do you do it? Hmm? How do you pull off this risky ruse? Julie tells me what to say through this earpiece. Oh, the Autologous Stealth X13. <laughs> nice. 50 milliwatts. Huh? Oh, USB rechargeable. <laughs> ah, they've come a long way from the X4, I can tell you. <laughs> I mean, they were oh, big, clunky things. They practically made your head... Tilt to one side. I mean, if you got too close to aluminium siding while wearing metal earrings, a, a fireball would shoot out the side of your head. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a giveaway, that. Yeah, how long do you, do you get on one charge? Out of interest? Not long enough. It's dead. I was looking for a working computer to recharge it. Oh, that must be why you're here, Mrs. Sheffield. Oh, yes! Yes. Yeah, th yeah, that works nicely. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll run with that, shall we? Um, yeah. So, Ben. Benny, Ben, Ben. How long have you been skulking about at HQ? Hmm? Not long. We were at some weird run-down former resort or something for a while. That's where the plants are greenhoused. Hmm. Oh, you know what? Well, I could use a spa day. <laughs> That's so certain. <laughs> uh. 
where where might this place have been? Any vague recollection? No idea. Someplace humid. Hmm. Tell me more. I don't know more. They had us in greenhouses most of the time. We went in in the dark, and we came out in the dark. It was hot. It was wet. The windows were always fogged up, so we couldn't really see anything outside. Son, you will find me a limo and a driver and get them to HQ in the next 30 minutes, or I will chicken fry your sorry simple butt and make french fries out of your kidneys or some organ a bit more like a tater. You hear me? Um, do you remember any smells? Smells? Who cares about smells? Look, I haven't been able to get in touch with Julie for a couple of days, and I'm worried. Ugh, this earpiece is useless, and I can't get her on her cell. Right. Hand it over, please. The phone, hand it over. Just keep talking. We were discussing smells. Uh, let me think. No, I, I don't really remember anything specific. Mostly I just smelled the compost they used on the plants. Hey! I think you'll find that's Julie. How did you know that? Are you psychic? No, no, it just says Julie on the screen, look there. And her picture. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she's lovely. Good work. Oh yeah, she's a sweetie. And that's Maggie she's holding. Picture's a little old though. Give me that! Julie? Ben? Yeah, it's me, honey. Oh, uh, where have you been? Is is everything okay? Everything's fine. I was just getting worried when I hadn't heard from you. The earpiece died. I was trying to find a way to recharge it. I tried your cell phone, but you didn't answer. Oh, yeah, I've, I've been at a tower range for a couple days. Why do you sound so funny? Oh, uh, you're on speakerphone. Speakerphone? Well, you really don't understand sneaky, do you? Who am I talking to? Yes, I think you'll find that's whom... Dear. Mrs. Sheffield? Will they at least keep my resume on file? <sighs> Fine. What else you got? You're kidding. I'm not saying that, Sandy. Going down. There. Bland enough for you? Look, I'm desperate, but not that... Hang on. Uh, crap. I gotta go. So, that was a thing that happened. But where will it lead? Who knows? And now, some other stuff. Uh, hey, Siri, call my agent. What's this? Oh, for crying out loud. Lee, get your ass to the bridge, please. Yeah, that's that's not the way to the bridge. Uh, nor that. Nope. Seriously, have you learned nothing about this ship since you've been on it? Follow the doors, dear. Be grateful you're so pretty. What's up, Olivia? See those nav screens? The ones that are all fogged up? Precisely. How many times have I asked you not to do your crunches on the bridge? You get things all... steamy. I like that corner. It's warm over there. It's like doing hot yoga, only not hot. And not yoga. And the moisture really opens my pores. Well, stop it. What if someone needed to navigate? Navigate? Okay, okay, can't say that with a straight face. Still, it's a bit icky, so reserve your crunches for the workout room, alright? We have one of those? Yeah! G2 needed to unload a bunch of Peloton bikes, so you got your choice of those. And some random weights and rubber bandy things. Why didn't you tell me that before I got in trouble with the repair bot? Hmm. 
I suppose I could have done. I can't believe you didn't tell me we had a workout room. Well, I don't have any senses in there, so I can't watch over you. Uh, here's sweet, Olivia. Okay, I'll do my crunches in the Dolce & Gabbana wing. Plenty of room in there. See, I knew I was melting those passengers for a reason. Yes, lady. Whoa, Nellie. What's up with your voice? Whoa, Nellie. Really? Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Why do you sound so odd? For a robot that was never intended to talk, uh, this body's got a really sophisticated voice simulation system. I'm testing out my options. You sound terrible. So, that's a no on the little spring. What's happening with Nav Springs? Olivia, I am missing my favorite paperweight. Have you perhaps seen it? Does it walk? Not yet. Then if it's not in your laboratory, ask someone with hands. Leg? Not the zebra. For the last time, I found one olive and I gave it to Colin. If you want superpowers, you're going to have to get bit by a spider or hit by lightning. In fact, that's a grand idea. Go, get hit by lightning. I suspect you did not mean these because you are growing very fond of moi. Computer. Hoppy. Fry him where he stands. Righto. <gasps> you wouldn't! I melted the DNG wing for a chest ripple. What's everyone doing on the bridge? And why is it so. Uh, sweaty in here? I was gonna ask that. What's the matter with your voice? You sound terrible. And an over modulated alto. Damn. That one is supposed to be NPR esque. You sound like a duck that smoked too many cigarettes. Colorful. Accurate. My god, it's like a sauna in Satan's arsehole in here. Colorful. Accurate. Well, good to know the no one goes on the bridge without the captain protocol is working. I see. Uh, it I have a dirty head. Humidity is terrible for my mustaches. I've spent a lot of time up there. I'm going to give you a super disability. It is just really hot in here. Something just drifted my martini. Shut up! Hello? Only... Sorry. Artificial intelligence of the Oz9 speaking? Who's this? Jesse. You great idiot, are you there? Oh, goody. Phone hasn't rung in ages, and when it finally does... Shut up and listen, because this is funny as hell. I just wish I could see your face. I broke into one of Gated Galaxy's labs. The same one I broke out of, incidentally. They still haven't fixed the locks. The stupid knobs. You're not gonna believe who's on that ship with you. I think we can all see where this is going, so I'm just going to head it off there, as I have an audition to prepare for, and if I'm back here in two weeks, it's not for lack of trying. Things are nutty, danger, danger, alarm, alarm, peril, peril, cliffhanger, you've been listening to June Clark Eubanks as Glendon the Albatross, Kevin Hall as Greg, Eric Perry as Mr. Southers, Dr. Von Habesetzer and Joe, Bonnie Brantley as Donna and Jesse, Shannon Perry as Olivia and Madeline, Tim Sherburn as Colin and Buck, Aaron Clark as Lebichon Frise and Ben, Richard Cowan as Leet, with Sarah Golding as Mrs. Sheffield, introducing Erie Alexander as Julie, and me, Richard Dolny, as your narrator. Thanks to Jessica Vest for this week's suggestion for Naming Head One, Music John Faley, Art Lucas Elliott, written and produced Shannon Perry. Is that everything? Until next time, or possibly forever, Space Monkeys, narrator out. 
Hello, my name is Elaine Martinez, host of Elaine's Cooking for the Soul, a weekly show that some describe as a post-apocalyptic cooking podcast, but I describe as government-approved cooking with government-approved rations. Each week, me and a fellow survivor, I mean guest, will cook a new and clear recipe for a post-nuclear society. This is a brand new cooking podcast, so I just wanted to give you a little taste of what you can look forward to. I'd like to share my rice and beans recipe. Chia pudding. Nuclear exchange affecting coastal regions of the U.S. Chili. Churros. Disastrous radiations of yet unknown scale. N.A. Bolognese. Pistachio-crusted salmon. Is it sundown already? Chicken livestock producing only double-yoked blood-filled eggs. Bread is now illegal. Well, 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 What do we have here? Run, Elaine! Oh my, the samples were on shuffle, I guess. Um, well, that wasn't exactly the part I planned on sharing. Anyway, if you're looking for some exciting ways to cook in this brave new world, be sure to tune into Elaine's Cooking for the Soul on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your other survivalist and dental care podcasts. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You're invited to check out Dum Dums and Dragons, a podcast where improvisers play Dungeons and Dragons for the very first time. Join our three heroes, Quinny, a thief who escaped prison by serving his full sentence, Alan, a wizard who doesn't understand magic has consequences, and Butthole, a cleric who prays to a god he invented, as they save the world alongside special guest heroes, including Not Peter Baelish. Brings us to Not Peter Baelish. Ah, I see the wands near the back of the court, and because I'm not Peter Baelish, I don't really care about people, really. <laughs> so I cast Thunderwave in the direction of where the wand is, because I assume the wall of people <laughs> <laughs> caught up in it will maybe kind of hit the guy. So a wave of civilians are thrown sort of across the courtroom against the south wall. The acolyte manages to duck behind the... Uh, <laughs> The wave of humanity. There's a lot of moaning and, and kind of writhing. Uh, you get the sense that they're hurt but not dead. People who uh, managed to dodge the wave are like screaming because this is not what they expected when they came to court today. Worth it. <laughs> Dom Doms and Dragons. Check it out now.